Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper this evening, Keeper Michael, and I want to welcome you back to our Horror on the Orient Express campaign. And so, uh, I will start us off with introductions, and uh, then we'll get to a bit of a recap, and then we'll move on forward. So, to my right. Hello, I'm Mike, and I'm playing... James Robert Fraser, who is currently uh, recovering from a rather strenuous bit of activity aboard the uh, the ferry to France. You did. You get a chance to stretch your legs a little bit there, Mr. Yeah. Fraser. That's good. Indeed. Uh, to his right. Hi, I'm Rena, and I'm playing Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I am very curious about the potentially supernatural events that I have just witnessed. It's time to do some research. Mm. Oh, it's just the wind, though, right? Just the wind, right? No, no. Okay, well, maybe not. We'll find out, I'm sure. At the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and I'm sure it was just the wind. Right, see? To uh, Mr. Griffith's right. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I'm playing Maggie Bellinger. A little banged up, but uh, not too worse for wear. She's a tough cookie, that's for sure. Uh, I'm sure she'll recover very quickly. And then last, but most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. He's licking his wounds somewhat. Well... You'll be a cat in no time, sir. So when last we left our uh, investigators, they had just gotten onto the Calais coaches in France. After a little bit of behind-the-scenes work, they'd uh, sent ahead for some reservations at the Bristol Hotel, thanks to the staff of the Orient Express, and are now uh, aboard those coaches, the aforementioned Calais coaches, and are headed to Paris. And so we raise the curtain tonight on a intimate and a darkened train uh, with the soft hint of music from one of the nearby cars as the Orient Express makes its way south to Paris. And so we open our camera lens especially on on the cat on the compartment of one Lady Elizabeth who is likely still trying to work out the symbol that she saw and what it all means. Yes, I've got my whatever books I brought with me. I'm looking through them. I'm taking notes also in my journal uh, that I keep on on what I saw, everything that happened while it's still fresh. And I've sketched out uh, the symbol into my journal and I'm looking as quickly as I can to see if there's any leads or or any information in my books. Your restlessness does not go unnoticed as uh, nearby one Miss Margaret Billinger is writing, likely writing a letter to her aunt Edith, trying to calm her, uh, her nerves from what she's seen on the ferry. So uh, Miss Billinger, you can, you can hear that the lady is, uh, is awake 
Are we, um, in, once again, adjoining compartments? You are. Oh, good, good. Uh, uh, Lady Elizabeth, are you, are you okay over there? Hmm? What? Uh, oh, I just, well, uh, perhaps we could, uh, have some, uh, tea, maybe, to, uh, I know we've had quite a long day, but, uh, if you would want to possibly join me for some tea, calm our nerves a little bit. Uh, well... I, I look back down at, at my books and just sort of blink at not realizing how much uh, time has gone by. As I suppose, suppose we can do that. Perhaps I could um, tell you more about what I saw on the deck. Uh, yes, uh, that would be helpful, I suppose. Any, any other information you can you can give me? Uh, yes. I'll, I'll come over there. Just wait a moment. I don't want her invading my inner sanctum. Yeah. So and and I I feel like I know how to lure a lady Elizabeth now. <laughs> I saw something crazy and creepy. Would you like me to tell you about it? Oh yes, <laughs> yes I would. So I'll okay. put my book and my my journal under my arm and then uh, rap on the on the connecting door. Maggie will open the door. Oh, uh, hello. Yes. Um, perhaps we could um get someone to bring around some tea. There should be staff about. I will see if I can hail uh, a member of staff to. Yeah, that's bring us some not tea. difficult at all. You uh, kind of pop your head into the uh, hallway, just look left, and as soon as you look right, you see that there is a member of staff. His well-fitted white coat is already beginning to make his way down towards you. Oh. On each, um, on one end of each coach, uh, there is a seat that a member of staff sits in at night and basically uh, well, waits hand and foot and, until someone needs something. He comes to the uh, side of the, the door. He doesn't directly interpose himself as to put himself uh, able to view what's going on inside, but he does uh, make himself available. Y- yes, uh, madam. Uh, is there something uh, I can get you? Uh, yes, could we possibly get a pot of tea and um, two cups? Right away. He turns around and heads back towards uh, what you imagine is the dining car where they'd make it up at. Yes. Um, are you feeling much um, better, Lady Elizabeth? Uh, I know we've had some time to rest up a little bit. Oh, I'm fine, thank you. I wasn't cut up the way you and the poor professor were. A uh, little uh, winded, you might say, but that's about <laughs> it. That, that definitely elicits a laugh out of Maggie. Yes, uh, quite, it, it, it was strange. It seemed like um, that creature, whatever it was, um, was composed mostly of the wind holding together debris. Now that seemed to be it, but uh, then it was also dispelled of by Mr. Fraser hitting it, which seems a little strange for something made up of wind. So, well, when you think about it, the the way that you may stop the force of wind would be to block it. So, possibly that was the the cause of it. So you think per- perhaps he he blocked whatever was causing it to coalesce, made it fall apart. The force within it, yes. Have you seen anything like that before? Uh, I've not like that. Thing itself. No, I'm, I've been looking through my books and trying to see if I can find anything. The, the way it came about, like I said, uh, 
back on the on the ferry. I'm not sure how much you were taking in. I know you were a little distracted, but uh, it it did appear to be some sort of summoning ritual. Yes, it seemed to coalesce and, and form itself uh, right in front of us. At first, I th- I thought it was some sort of sea creature, as it looked like it was coming up from the water, but um, it was no sea creature at all. It, uh, like you noticed, it was made in entirely of air, almost. Yes, well, it, these sorts of uh, summoning rituals with the symbols and and making these elemental sort of creatures, it often is used, at, at least according to my reading, to summon things from, well, I suppose you'd call it beyond the veil, or, or something along those lines. Uh, creatures not quite of this this earth, uh, as Professor Smith might say. But I haven't found anything specifically about this one yet. I'm hoping maybe in Paris I can find some more more reading. Yes, and, and possibly the the photos that I, I took as it was forming on the ship will be able to give you some clues as well. There's a very soft knock at the door. Oh, I'll, I will get that, and I'll get up to answer the door. Is that a tea, Meta? Oh, yes, thank you. Um, you see a member of staff standing outside with a, a tray and a tea service. May I... He just kind of gestures with it inside. Oh, of course. You set down one of the uh, surfaces for him to set the tea on. He sets it down and in quick order uh, arranges the glasses and then pours the tea. Um, I'm assuming Maggie would have some sort of money with which she could tip the gentleman. <laughs> Sure, you've got tons of American dollars. I'm sure he'll love. Uh, yes, and tipping is all the rage in America. So, uh, I, I would tip him. Uh, he takes it happily, uh, although okay. not too happily. He uh, gives you an appreciative nod and then takes whatever tip you give him and put it in his pocket. Yes. I may need to get some of my money changed over. Um, oh, here, let, I'll pour the glass for you, Lady Elizabeth. Thank you, you're too kind. Um, do you uh, make it a common occurrence to fight creatures on the decks of ships then? Well, not common, no. Uh, mostly read about such things, but I have to admit I've never come across something like that in the, in real life. I never thought I actually would, to be quite honest. It was all it a bit be. theoretical until this evening. It must be exciting then to see the things that you've read uh, read about come to life. She smiles at that. Oh yes, very exciting. Uh, might be a little bit more exciting if it hadn't tried to murder me, but uh, still exciting, yes. I have a feeling if we see any more things like that, they may um, be just as keen on us as that one was. Well, you never know. There's... If there's terrible supernatural things out there, there's got to be some good ones too, right? I suppose so. Well, we'll see, I suppose. The two of you enjoy a a cup of tea. Uh, It steadies you, uh, Lady Elizabeth, and for the most part, Maggie, it, it puts you to sleep. It isn't more than 
say maybe five or 10 minutes after you have the tea that you are calmed and maybe a little bit sleepy at this point. Oh, um, if you'll excuse me, Lady Elizabeth, I, I'm terribly tired. I think I may try to get a little bit of rest in before we arrive in Paris. Yes, of course. It is quite late. Uh, please uh, enjoy your rest. I know we'll be arriving in Paris shortly. I'll be right next door if you need anything. And, uh, I appreciate I'll, that. I'll go, I'll go back to my compartment and I'm going to just keep reading as long as I can and taking notes. <laughs> you go back to your rat warren of books and papers. <laughs> oh, yes. So a gentleman, and I use that term... Um, properly, because some of you are proper gentlemen, given that it's the evening and you are aboard the Cali coaches, which are attached to several others, there is a, a refreshments area available. They have both the dining and saloon car here. What are you gents doing? Well, I think I will be um, going into the uh, the lounge bar um, in, in the saloon car um, and uh, having a, a a glass of whiskey and smoke my pipe. Read the paper. Yes, it's actually quite, um, well, you might see it quite a bit uh, raucous in here. There's jazz music playing and several uh, several folks are uh, in doing the same. They're enjoying uh, occasional drink and, and uh, there's uh, quite a few members of the previous uh, train ride that have uh, found their way in here too. Although the, the young lord is uh, not to be found. Although it seems his... Uh, his, some of his entourage here are perhaps drinking a little bit more than usual. Well, I should think it's well past the young gentleman's bedtime. <laughs> uh, given his reputation, Mr. Fraser, you know that the kid could pop up at any time. He's like the, uh, the devil in the wind. Yeah, well, he'll feel the back of my hand if he does. <laughs> Richard, what is the professor doing after his, uh, his trip? Is he uh, sitting in his room, perhaps... Uh, dreaming up what comes next or has he uh, has he got the gumption to come relax uh, so Richard is um, not quite sure how to describe it he's just sort of probably going to walk up to the uh, the dining car or the, um, the area with the bar not really with a view to, to taking a drink and relaxing but uh, just to sort of see who's around um, you know which of his travelling companions are there and uh, he's also got one eye out for the uh, the person that uh, seemed to be watching them on the uh, on the train over oh there he is uh, you can't miss him he's at the end of the saloon car he's uh, he seems to be smoking he's still staring out the window very much as he was in the other the, the Pullman cars He's uh, he's got what looks like a drink in front of him. He's probably two or three booths away from where you see Mr. Fraser enjoying a, a whiskey. Mm-hmm. So Richard will kind of just make a mental note of that, uh, wander back to his carriage, and uh, set himself thinking about things. He's going to get out the device and check that it's still in one piece, and make sure it's still in his box, uh, which is something that Richard does quite a lot. If, uh, if the truth be told and he's going to start thinking to himself is there any way he can sort of work out how to repair this thing um, the cracked lens and the missing one um, so he's just going to just going to start thinking about that and while he's doing that it's going to occur to him that uh, I wonder if the device itself maybe drew this thing this lightning down he's, uh, 
He's going to try and connect the events together. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But uh, yeah, he's going to start pondering those sorts of things. Okay. Yeah, the device is still as it was in the case. Uh, The lenses seem to be still in their um, closed position, as you have to, to to close it up into the box. Other than that, um, fixing the cracked lens might be difficult. You'd have to go to uh, perhaps an, an expert in glass making, maybe? See if you could get some sort of idea of how to repair glass that's been broken. That might be uh, one way to do it. As for the missing lens, what you really need is, kind of think to yourself, is what you really need is more of the professor's notes. Because he did take notes on them, and yes, the house burned, but that's really what you're missing. You're missing his his documentation. Richard's going to sort of think back to that, and he's going to remember that the professor said he was about halfway through translating something. So, I mean, in the back of Richard's mind, he's going to be sort of wondering whether there's a natural colour that would fit in there that uh, that isn't in there at the minute. Um, and it'll occur to him that he wants to write to the Professor, um, which is something that he said he'd do. Um, did, did Richard, I think he managed to get a forwarding address, did he? Or did I, did I imagine that? Mm, uh, no, I think you did get a forwarding address for his country home. Yeah. Um, so Richard will start penning a letter and explaining what... Uh, What's happened so far? The uh, the mysterious thing on the boat, the lightning, um, the things that he saw in the clouds, and uh, remind ask the professor how he's getting on uh, with his translation, whether he's feeling better after the fire, and uh, yeah, whether he can cast some light on uh, on the state of this lens. All right, Mister Griffith, any plans for the evening ride into Paris? Is there a quiet spot in one of the cars to work at a table? Or do I should I stay in the cabin? Well, if you after looking around, if you want a quiet spot on the Orient Express trains uh, at night, you might be best staying in your cabin. Uh, it looks like quite a few guests are utilizing both the dining and saloon car to uh, uh, to enjoy their travel. I'll stick my head out and wave down one of the uh, staff and ask for either a pot of coffee or some tea, please. Um, they very respectfully ask you to select, <laughs> to choose. Which which would you prefer, sir? Coffee or tea? We have both. Coffee, please. Very good. Yeah. Return later, sometime, a short time later, with uh, a small pot which has coffee in it, and uh, there are some associated uh, uh, accessories if you're feeling need. And I will tip the gentleman. Thank you, sir. And then I'm going to crack open my Greek guide inside the cabin and work on my translation. Wonderful. That's probably an excellent idea. So you're studying Greek then? Yes. Okay. A few hours pass. Uh, The whiskey is exceptional, Mr. Fraser. Yes, I won't drink too too much of it and keep my senses about me. (laughs) I wouldn't imagine you would. I'm also keeping my eye open. One one of the reasons I'm I'm in in the lounge bar is I still can't shake the nagging feeling that whoever is responsible for the the what what seems to be an attack on us on the ferry could be in in our midst, and I just I just want to. I want to make sure that I don't miss anything, if at all possible. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there are several people here that were on the train previously, but um, 
you don't really get much of a different feeling per se mm. from any of them. Uh, the, the man who continues to look outside the window kind of a bit forlorn is still doing that. He's still reading over. He still reads a couple of times. Can I tell what he's reading? It's a newspaper. Uh, it's a clipping. It looks like it's a French one. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it looks like it's a theater. Uh, it, it has to do with the theater. I think um, at, at some stage I will um, uh, rise from the chair that I'm sitting in for fold up my, my newspaper um, mm-hmm. and head down the carriage. And, and uh, as I'm doing so, I'll nod to him as I, uh, I, I go past. Uh, good evening to you, sir. Good evening. You hear a relatively thick French accent roll out from him. Uh, uh, bon- bonsoir. Bonsoir. Ah, bonsoir. Um, I, excuse me, uh, I don't mean to, uh, to pry, but uh, I uh, couldn't help n- notice the, uh, the clipping that, uh, that you're, you're reading there for, for the theatre. Mm. He nods. Is it a, 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 a good production? Uh, myself and my travelling companions will uh, will be in, in Paris for uh, a few days and uh, well, we wish to avail ourselves of all the uh, the sights of the city and uh, get a feel for the place um, I he struggles, you can tell a bit and he folds the paper back down I, I can only tell you that uh, the theatre is a wonderful place uh, if not, perhaps uh, a bit heartbreaking. Oh, how so? He, with just a, a very almost lethargic hand, seems to almost offer you the newspaper clipping. Oh, I'll take it off him. May, may I join you? Would you care for a drink? There are many drinks. We may have a few, perhaps if the night continues. He offers the chair next to him. Oh, merci. Yes. What do we have here now? Uh, so you have a copy of a, of a page out of uh, La Chère et Alsang. It is a... Um, it seems to be part of a play, at least on one side. And then on the back side of it, there's a review of the play. And it is a review. And as you read the review, which is fairly straightforward, it's a review of the star of the show. Uh, who is this, they say, captivating woman who uh, impressed the crowd with uh, not only her voice, but her very presence. It was as if the, uh, as she toured about the stage, it was as if the gods had gifted her with something beyond a normal voice. And then as you continue to read, you can see that there's a, a couple of pages that were folded up. And you see that there are some different dates on these pages. On the final page that he has collected which seems to be four or five months after the first one, uh, you see that the paper is reporting the death of a young opera star. Oh, my. And how she was found uh, in one of uh, Paris's uh, theater districts that, that she's been believed to be murdered. Oh, my dear Lord. Oh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I, I really am. I, I, I had no... I had no mean to impose myself on, on such a, well, I'm assuming personal matter from 
from your your manner. I'm I, I, I really I really am terribly terribly sorry. I am still struck with the same question hmm, that you have. Why? I'm I, I'm sorry, sir. Why? Why would they do it? What? Why indeed? Why, Why indeed? Um, do, do I? Would I recognize um, the name of um, of this singer? Um, bearing in mind my my uh, affection for, uh, for for classical music and and in some part opera, the last name of her seems to be familiar because you believe that her sister is a rather well known opera star, and this is more theater than opera. Oh right, okay. Um, but there is a fairly well known. Uh, you think the same? The family is the same. You think that she's. She might be sister to a, a pretty, pretty well-known opera star. I see. I mean, is this? I mean, what what connection is is this? A, a, a family friend, a relative, something perhaps a little closer. The last name is Cavallero. Cavallero. Um, you would know her sister if the, if it is her sister is uh, Caterina. Cavallero. She's a very well-known uh, opera singer. So she, she's, she's no relation to uh, Caterina Cavallero, is she? By any he chance? gives you a, a very slow nod. Oh, my lord. Mina was overshadowed for years, but the talent is there. Uh, the voice is uh, unmistakable. It, it rings in my ears. And she was... You were close, I take it. We were to be wed a fortnight from now. Oh, oh, sir! I, my heartfelt apologies for 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 prying on such a, a personal matter. I, if there's anything I can do, are, are you are you continuing um, on with the uh, with the journey on on the on the train past Paris, or is Paris your your destination? Paris is my destination. I will uh, I will be visiting her where she lays now in in our town. I see. A, a tragedy, a life, a life cut short, a, a talent snuffed out so young. It's, it is indeed more than the heart can bear. Sometimes this kind of thing. He takes the fresh drink that's arrived and uh, lights another cigarette. It is, but and the the police, the the, the gendarmes in, in in Paris, they are they have no leads. He swipes the word gendarme away with a right hand that is swift and almost cruel. Nothing. Nothing. It is if it is if it never happened. Oh, well, I, I would have thought if her, her sister. I mean, her sister is is, is not unknown in, in the world of uh, of opera and fine art. I would have thought that there would be some. Some some kind of uh, respect afforded to to that level of, of notoriety. I believe that there is something yet to be found. But he touches his chest. I ha- I have not the heart to uh, continue to rip it open with questions. Well, uh, I won't trouble you any further, sir. I, I'm very pleased to have met your acquaintance. My, my name is Fraser, by the way, James Fraser. He nods. He he extends his um silver cigarette container. Hmm? Oh, uh, um, merci. I, I, I will. Thank you. Uh, I'm usually a pipe man myself, but uh, I'll have the occasional cigarette. 
you and he sit for probably a, a few more minutes and he drinks his what is likely third or fourth gin at this point. He leans forward and says, appreciate your time, Mr. Fraser. I hope your time in Paris is much more fruitful than mine. Well, we shall see about that. We shall see indeed. We're staying at the Bristol Hotel. If, if you need anything, I don't know how long we're going to be in Paris. I, I think probably no more than three or four days. But uh, if there's anything I can do to help, anything at all, just look me up at the Bristol Hotel and I'm at your disposal, sir. I may do that. He stands up. Stand up. I'll bid you good night then, sir. Good evening. Mm, good evening. He heads back towards one of the sleeper cars. Not too much longer after that, uh, you can feel the train slow, the uh, inexorable pull of gravity as the brakes are slowly and carefully applied to such a train to get it to arrive in Paris. The lights of Paris begin to sweep by in the windows. All of the beauty of the Parisian night is on its display for anyone looking out their windows. This does tend to rouse people from slumber. So Maggie, you will wake up as the shift of the speed of the train is significant enough. Um, But for those of you who have been awake and working, uh, you begin to kind of feel the weight of the Paris night as it wraps itself around the cars and ushers you into the train station. And you have arrived in Paris. First thing I'm going to do um, when we get off the train and make, make sure that we have everything packed up and away and make sure Lady Elizabeth's all right. And uh, and then I will find the um, the boys in, in the station and uh, ask them to arrange a, a taxi for us to take us to the Bristol Hotel. Right away, sir. Merci, merci. Mr. Griffith, you're uh, paying, paying close attention to making sure that your case comes off properly. Correct, I am. And I also have my receipt, so I'm looking to see this new case so I can identify it. Yep, there it is. You see that there's been a a definite visual change in your case. Uh, And then when they hand you the new case, there's the ticket that they give you has your name on it, it says Griffith, which differs from the last case. Interesting. All right, the group gets a few uh, taxis and begins making its way to the Bristol Hotel. Given the time of night, what are the investigators going to do with their, uh, well, I'd imagine by the time you make the hotel, it'll be be close to half 11. It'll be pretty late. As much as I would like to stay up and keep reading, I also know that I will be a complete and utter disaster in the morning if I don't get some sleep. So I'm just going to go straight to bed. Fair enough, fair enough. Maggie, having already probably gotten in a heavy nap, might find it difficult to fall back asleep, so she would likely do some writing about their trip so far, take some notes, maybe do some sketches, and then see if she can get back to sleep for a little bit. Mm. Any any chance you'll, you'll uh, include in your letter to Aunt Edith the uh, situation that happened on the ferry, or you're going to omit that? Oh, no, that's definitely going to be on there. I'm contemplating sending her a picture <laughs> um, for the newspaper, of course. Um, 
I, I really think that that would draw in readers. Mm, I, I but it's something Maggie will contemplate on tonight. We'll just see how the pictures turn out. Richard, any uh, point change of plans? Are you going straight to bed when you get to Paris? Oh, I think Richard will go straight to bed. He's had a hard day. He's been beaten around by a, a gust of wind earlier on. <laughs> so, you know, I think he's just going to go to bed. He's going to pack his uh, things securely away. Um, just in case he gets a visitor in the night and uh, yeah get some well earned rest I think very well and so we'll just pick up the next morning as you all uh, relax into quite frankly one of the nicest hotels you've likely ever been in Uh, the Bristow Hotel is a it's a world renowned hotel Miss Fraser, you're fairly certain that the staff on the Orient Express either get a kickback or uh, or they're just, uh, well, they're, quite frankly, they, they probably just know their stuff. The outside is this elegantly whitewashed brick with beautiful kind of uh, short balconies on a lot of the rooms. So as you go up, uh, you can see that uh, each room has its own little slight balcony, just enough for you to open the doors and uh, hear Paris probably in the evening or the morning. And then on the back side of the hotel, uh, the rooms have an awning and a window with a bit of uh, gardening and, and, and flowers and whatnot and a basket. Uh, so you get this sweet smell of flowers in each room, which probably counteracts at least a little bit of the um, other things that you'd heard about Paris and that it might have a bit of a particular smell to it. Uh, but the backside windows also stare down on a beautiful courtyard, which is difficult to see at night, except for a few of the gas lamps that they have. But there's a well-manicured uh, green space uh, that's in the, the back end of this hotel. It looks like it's probably a place that's been used for, whether it be uh, social gatherings or weddings, uh, uh, with nice white furniture for you to uh, enjoy. I think at, at, at breakfast, uh, if possible, I'll... I'll sit with Simon and uh, I'll say to him uh, are you well Mr Griffith I'm, I'm fine sir how are you doing this morning aye aye not too bad not too bad I suppose if you don't look too closely <laughs> you've been in you've been in Paris before been about seven years sir mm, yes yes about the same myself it's uh, very different these days, though, eh? A lot less uh, military trucks running up and down the streets. <laughs> it was a hard time all round, eh? It was. Were you uh, in France for the duration? Well, when the Yanks came over, yes, sir. Aye, well, yes. Indeed, indeed. A wee bit late to the party, you are, weren't you? Bit late, but not unwelcome. <laughs> no, very much, very much not unwelcome at all. Yes, indeed. The hand that you lent to... Uh, Aid in the in the fight was uh, certainly a very welcome one, very timely. What do you think about all that that happened back on the boat? Oh, I don't know what to think, to be honest with you. I really don't. I don't understand why these people are so quick to to use magic and other things like that. I mean, personally, where I'm from, there's witches. But these are the kind of witches, you know, your granny knows how to do the right thing with the roots and stuff and uh, knows everything I, about yeah. childbirth. And th- there's there's curses and there's blessings. This is standard stuff. 
Oh, it's wise women and, and that. It's the same for himself. But, but there ain't on. no uh, there ain't no monsters coming out of the air and trying to rip walls down. At least not that I know of. No, quite, quite. It's like it's like the tales you tales you tell children to scare them into going to their bed at night and you know, not bothering you. If it was a ghost, you know, I, I could ex- I could understand a ghost. I could understand a spirit. I could understand things along those lines. As you say, your wise women are grannies, but... Mm. Aye, well, I mean, as you say, a ghost. I can't say that I believe in such a thing, but it, it, I suppose it makes a kind of a sense to me. But, uh, you know, this, whatever it was, I don't, I don't even know if... Was it a dream? Was it real? I just, it felt real enough, certainly. And uh, I, it felt real enough when it swiped for me. And uh, I think we were very lucky that uh, it didn't do more harm than it did. But but what on earth was it? I don't know. You didn't. You don't believe in ghosts. You didn't see any ad on the battlefield. I saw. Well. I don't know. Maybe now is not the time to go into that sort of thing. It was, uh, there was a lot of good boys lost their lives out there, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's where I saw mine, at least up in here. And I tap my head when I say... Aye, the ghosts live on inside you, that's for sure. That's for sure, indeed. The uh, The rest of the crew makes its uh, arrival at breakfast. Still, onwards and upwards, eh, Mr. Griffith? Onwards and upwards. Let's just keep our heads about ourselves and yes. hope they don't have us chasing after anything crazy. Well, knowing Lady Elizabeth, uh, she's always she's always drawn into uh, mysteries and the unexplained. She's uh, she's got a passion, you know. It's a it's a great thing to see, but uh, you know, I worry sometimes about where it might lead her, and uh, I'm not sure yet what I make of this uh, Professor Courtney fellow. To be honest, I don't know either. But I need to watch out for him for right now. Aye, indeed, indeed. I mean, he's he's carrying this thing that's supposed to get us to the end, right? I don't know what it is he's carrying. I really don't. It's some ungodly contraption, that's for sure. What I saw, it, what it did, it wasn't right. But we're supposed to use it, aren't we? I don't even know. Are you talking about the... Uh... The, the, the sextant. I haven't really seen it myself, you understand. I've just heard you all talk about it, and I know that this plays a part in finding these pieces, correct? Well, but between you and I, I, I don't know what part it plays. I know that the the book the, 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 that her ladyship has that, that was her father's that we can't seem to get open. I know that's supposed to, to have information in it, which is, is, is to do with the, this whole business with the uh, the object but I don't know how the sextant plays into it at all if it is a sextant whatever it is well if we need to get this book open from what you sound like this is correct then uh I don't think we should leave Paris because one of these items is supposed to be here correct I indeed or was anyway um I believe there's uh, there's information to be had here at the very least yeah, I don't think we can leave until that book is open, at least. If you ha- uh, have any ideas on that, then 
You're more than welcome to try. As, as far as I can tell, it needs three very peculiar kind of keys to open it. Uh, I can't help but thinking I don't... If they want to open it that much, I, I don't know why they don't just take a, a pair of tin snips to it or something and cut the thing open. You could ask that. I don't know. I, I'm not sure myself, but you remember from the last time we were here, there's strange corners of Paris that we were told not to go. Yeah, I indeed, indeed. Yes. I mean, I, there's, there's parts that are, are good for the young boys and the allies, you know, where we're supposed to get our food and our drink and stuff, and there's other parts. Yeah. Yes. Aye, up in Montmartre. The rest of the uh, crew arrives at breakfast. Oh, your ladyship. <laughs> Sorry, I was quite quite wrapped up in conversation with Mr. Griffith. I uh, didn't see you there. Stand up. Quite all right, Mr. Fraser. I didn't need you this morning, so it's quite all right. We had quite the uh, adventure last night, as it is. You slept well, uh, I hope, your, your ladyship. Very well, indeed. Uh, quite exhausted. Oh, much better now, thank you. Good, good. And good morning to you as well, Miss Bellinger. Good morning, Mr. Fraser. And Professor Courtney. Mm, morning. Won't you join us? Of course, yes, of course. I'm quite famous this morning. May you will sit down. Yeah, uh, Richard's there as well. Richard find himself a space on the table. Okay. The uh, service comes by and, and begins taking orders for beverages and sustenance um, and in, uh, in relatively short order they'll be back with your food Lady E or Lady Elizabeth do you have a preference for how I call you? Either one is fine just don't forget the title it might upset Mr. Fraser Lady E ma'am <laughs> it, it's faster that way Mr. Fraser and I were talking and we have to find something here in this city before we do anything else right? Yes, I think so. I mean, that that's pretty much sussing out what, what we have to do here in the city. And I thought, as I, I mentioned it to him, I think the most important thing is we've got to open your book. On this, we are quite in accord. I don't think we can leave the city until we can get your book open. I was rather hoping it would be the first thing we did. So why don't we prioritize stuff before everyone all goes off all willy-nilly here? Do you have any suggestions for opening it? We've been trying for several days with no success. Do you know anybody here who specializes in your weird kind of stuff? You are you are a professional in this, correct? Of weird? <laughs> a professional in weird, I suppose you can put it that way. Mike, do I know anyone? Do I have any contacts here? Um, you probably know... You probably know people who work in uh, the libraries here, museums, stuff like that. More as an adjacent to you have had, uh, you've had letters back and forth when you're researching specific things. Obviously, the British Museum and the British Library are going to be always going to be your first go-tos. Uh, but you also know that the libraries in France are pretty extensive, and not everything comes over on the ferry. So, you probably have contacts specifically in. The, the national the national library here or the Bibliothèque de Nationale. I have some contacts at uh, some of the libraries here, including the National Library. They've sent a few books over at, at request. Had to send them back, which was dreadfully sad. But uh, I, I know some people we can speak to. Not sure 
necessarily what they would know about this particular book, but we can try. How about you send some runners out for them? I mean, you do things with all these uh, handouts and appointments and all that, so why don't you take care of that stuff, ma'am? I'm not sure sending someone to, to bring them here would necessarily work. We might need to actually go to the library, or at least I will. And besides, if they know any other related books or, or texts, they might want to show them to me, and then I'd already be there to see them. Does anybody know anybody here in this uh, city? Anybody else with contacts? I'm, I'm afraid not, no. Well, I suppose other than the gentleman that I I met on the on the train last night, but I wouldn't say I know him. Richard, was it... Um, can't quite remember. Was it here that we were going to look up some land records, possibly? Yes, we did. Um, when I looked around the library in London, there were some interesting avenues I think we could explore here. Would you be interested in visiting the library later? Uh, yeah, I, th- I believe that would be okay. Yes, I'm not quite sure what we need to find, but um, this this Comte Fenelic, um character, there, there may be some... Some reference to him there. Richard's yeah. just looking off completely engrossed in some thought about something. Not quite sure what, but... Uh... Lady E, do you mind if I sketch out what these locks look like on your book? Not the book itself. Please, go ahead. Do you think you know someone who could uh, make a key or, or something to open them? I can ask around. At least if I can show them what the aperture looks like, you know, that's something. True. Perhaps maybe not uh, in the dining room. And she just sort of looks around. Too many people about. Well, of course, I'm expecting this to be in a private chamber. You know, with Mr. Fraser present. But, you know, if we're going to ask, I need to have more than just, it's got a line here and something there. And... Of course. It's, we can certainly arrange for you to have a look at it and uh, sketch out some locks before I go to the library. Very eager to get it open, you know, so I do hope you can find someone who can make a key. I'll do what I can. I, I'm just... I'm not in charge here. Lady E, you know what you're doing. Mr. Fraser is going to go with you, I'm assuming. Correct? Mr. Fraser, did you have plans for today? Mr. Fraser looks over <laughs> Lady Elizabeth kind of expectantly and I am I am quite at your disposal, your ladyship. So like I said, he she's he's going to stick with you, right? Or do you wish to go with the professor to the library? I'm sorry, ma'am, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, that's all right, uh, Mr. Griffith. Uh, well, Mr. Fraser, of course, you. if you have nothing else to do, I would like you to assist me. Uh, may have some books to carry back and so on, but I uh, was rather wondering if you had some research or contacts or, or anything of your own you needed to take care of while we're here. I'll have a wee think about it, Your Ladyship, but uh, anything you need, just, just uh, let me know. Well... Make your plans, Mr. Fraser, while I'm helping Mr. Griffith with his sketch. And then if you have anything you need to do while I'm away, you are free to do so. Otherwise, uh, you may accompany me to the library. Well, I just have one question, ma'am. Are you and the professor going to the same library? Because he's talking about doing some library work himself. Professor, which library were you planning to visit? I have an idea, and I don't mean to step on your toes, Lady E, but if you and the Professor and Miss Maggie are all going to go to the same library, could you all possibly go together and I borrow Mr. Fraser? I have a feeling we may, the two of us, we've been in past before, and we might want to look into some of the uh, 
unsavory areas, if you know what I mean. Yes, that makes sense. Mr. Fraser, are you amenable to this arrangement? Absolutely. Uh, if, yes, that's uh, that's not a problem for me at all, your ladyship. As I, as I say, I'm, I'm at your disposal. Um, direct me uh, where you wish me to go and uh, I'll go there. Uh, please accompany Mr. Griffith. I wouldn't... Uh... I don't think it's quite wise for any of us to be going around on our own, not after the events of the last few days. And I will go with uh, the Professor and Miss Bellinger, so if you and Mr. Griffith could go about your business, it's probably safer. Of course, of course, your ladyship, yes. Well, I certainly hope this library does not contain any dead bodies. Uh, yes, just so for some um, information to be relatively easy at hand, um, asking a member of staff, as far as where the library is, even by your, just to point it out on your, your, your traveler's uh, companion there, it's they say it's probably about 20 or 30 minute walk from here, or that obviously you can uh, grab any number of uh, transportation options to take you there. Yes, it looks like it's almost exactly a mile away from where we are. I wonder as well, um, your ladyship, might it be possible... Uh, this evening, if, if we have nothing specific uh, that we need to attend to, I, I would rather, I'd rather like to go to the opera if that if that would be at all possible. It's something I've I've been wanting to do for some time now, and uh, and it seems a shame to uh, waste the opportunity while we are here in Paris. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Is there anything special playing currently? Well, I, I, I haven't yet looked into it, but I'm sure whatever there is, it, uh, it, will, be, uh, it will be quite quite delightful. Of course, Mr. Fraser. You are welcome to do so. And of course, if, if anyone would care to, to accompany me and uh, to join me, uh, I would be very, very glad to have the company. I feel like mid-conversation, because this is what just happened, IRL. Maggie goes, oh, the photographs! Uh, yes, I... Love to go to the opera, but we uh, we also have to get these photographs developed. Ah, uh, yes, of course. I'm I'm sure. Um, I don't know what they have uh, in the way of uh, Boots the Chemist here in in Paris, but I'm sure there'll be somewhere that uh, that can get the get photographs developed for you. Uh, I'll make inquiries uh, at the uh, the front desk, shall I? Yes, I didn't. I wanted to make sure that we didn't uh, forget them. They seem to have slipped my mind. Oh well, <laughs> there's been rather a lot on, hasn't there? So the group is going to split then, yes? Yes, we are splitting the party. <laughs> mm, well, at yes. least during daylight hours. So what we'll do then is we will split momentarily the scene. So Miss Fraser and uh, Mr. Griffith, we will set you momentarily to the side. What we will do is take Maggie and Richard and Lady Elizabeth, and we will, with the you know, simple wave of my magic wand to place you in front of the National Library in Paris. All right. So the National Library in Paris contains a great many collections of works. It's a 17th century building. It houses anything from books to maps to medals, prints. The holding itself, uh, for you history buffs out there, began under Louis XII and uh, enlarged as the private library of successive monarchs were further enriched during the revolution when libraries and records of all convents and monasteries were forcibly seized. So Lady Elizabeth, you'd be at least subtly aware that many of the books within the National Library were likely in um, collector's hands before the monarchy basically seized and stole them all. And they did so with the um, belief that they should be used by all peoples 
rather than just this, you know, cloistered lecturers and intellectuals. How dreadful. <laughs> uh, the reading room is open, at least the tour guide says here, uh, or the, the traveler's companion says from 9 a.m. Uh, to 4, to anywhere between 4 to 6 p.m. by season. It's closed Sundays and holidays. It seats about 350 readers beneath nine amazingly blue domes. And as you approach the, the entrance to the library itself, uh, it appears that you'll need to go to uh, see the secretary of the library if you want entrance. Hmm. This does seem somewhat bureaucratic, but um, yes, perhaps we should head over there and um, see how we gain admission to this place. Well, they can't just let anyone in. Could be any sorts of riffraff just wandering in off the street. Yes, indeed. I'm not... It is horrible to um, allow people the access to knowledge. Oh, knowledge in general is fine, but old books and, and forbidden knowledge and things like that can't be given to just anyone. Then where would we be? Maggie looks at Richard. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm all, all for learning. I mean, uh, anybody who's interested, I'm uh, I'm happy to show them mathematics. Crickets. Anyway, you get over to the desk, and um, you see that there's a a desk and. Uh, there's a nice fancy plate in front of the desk that identifies this as the secretary of the library. And there's a uh, an older gentleman, long uh, white hair at the shoulders, a bit frazzled and uh, clean shaven, but bald head. And so the uh, hair kind of rims the back of his head before it reaches his shoulders. And he stares up at you through a pair of spectacles. We. Oui? Uh, I speak to him in French. Uh, good morning. I am Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy. These are my companions, and we would like uh, to spend some time in your beautiful library today. Uh, he seems to brighten when uh, he hears the title. Oui, lady. Um, please, he removes from his desk this docket where uh, there are lists of names, and he passes it over to you and then gives you a inkwell and quill just uh, notate uh, your name and your country of origin I write down my uh, my name and uh, where I come from and can I do a quick scan on the list as I'm doing that do I see any names that stand out to me you can do a spot hidden roll sure yeah yeah I thought you were going to say that I did <laughs> It seemed only right and true. <laughs> okay, my spot hidden is decent. 46 under 50, success. Okay. Yeah, there are tons of names in here. Um, some written in English, some written in French, but you don't necessarily notice, at least on the page that you're on. It's hard to tell how many pages he probably goes through during a day, uh, but you don't notice any names that are here. Um, so I'd also like you to make me one other roll. Lady Elizabeth, and that would be credit rating. Okay, I'm really good at that. That is an 18 under 70. That is a hard success. He takes a look at the signatory name and then passes the book to you, Richard. Of, of women, lady, well, we will make uh, a, all exhaustive measures to make sure that your time here is well spent. Now, is there anything particular you're uh, looking for? 
Well, I, I have particular interests in uh, matters pertaining to the supernatural, the occult, all, all those sorts of things. Just purely research, mm. you understand. Of course, of course. Um, we have um, material on these subjects, but uh, you must understand that uh, the books um, are catalogers. He looks around to see the, the view, the main part of the library itself, kind of down a... It's a very open section, so you can see into the library and then see the the steps that lead down to it. The uh, young men we get to catalog perhaps are not as uh, swift as we would like, and so some of the books may be here and there. You understand? Yes, that makes sense. Hmm. Very well. Uh, then I would impress upon you the idea that it might be best if you would speak with one of the research assistants here. They might be able to assist you in finding the books that you're looking for. I smile very graciously. Any assistance you can provide would be most welcome. He turns in his chair further. Remy shouts into the library. You see some other librarians like reflexively go to shush him and then realize who's speaking and then they shut up. You see a uh, young man or at least a younger man with a uh, Kind of a wild haircut. It's a, a bit spiked up. He's got a, a large, thick nose, pretty steady jawline. Uh, he comes up in a uh, in a dark suit. Yes? He answers the uh, library secretary. The uh, lady here needs your assistance, so please provide her your time. And they have a very fast conversation in French. It's not impossible for you to follow, but... Essentially, Remy reminds the, in a very um, crass way, reminds the secretary librarian that he doesn't work for free. After which, if the two of you have, the other two of you have signed the book, then uh, Remy stands by and kind of shoves his hands into his pockets and waits. Ah, monsieur. Madame, milady, excuse me. He Hmm. raises his hand just to apologize. It's quite all right. Uh, I've been informed that you are the best person possible to help us with our little research project today. I will give it every effort, he smiles. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, perhaps you're working on some sort of research project yourself? Mm, yes. Uh, into, uh, well, uh, the social differences between the aristocracy and, uh, well, the rest of us. Ah, sounds like a very entertaining subject. Depending upon your perspective, yes. I suppose so. Well, if there's any way I can give you some financial assistance, let's say, to help with your own project, since you're taking time out of your very busy day to assist us, uh, please don't hesitate. Hmm, well, perhaps I can show you the library. He extends a hand down towards the steps. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Professor, Miss Bellinger? Ah, uh, yes. He smiles at you, Maggie, and then he gives... Richard, he gives you a very short, like, business professional nod and then moves back to moving his gaze between the two women that are in front of him. Richard will just politely nod back. So, the National Library has many secrets inside of it. He smooths his jacket and uh, tries to look a little bit more professional. But these can be found and overcome 
What is our subject of study? Today I'm doing some research into supernatural and, and the occult. Could you give me some direction there? Well, there are many books here on the occult and this the uh, what do you call the supernatural? Um, but I think perhaps as uh, you might guess it would be best if we got into specifics. So what 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 is the heart of the matter? Pull out my notebook and flip open to that symbol and I'll show it to him. He looks at it kind of left and right. He almost Oh, his head almost moves a bit like a dog. Like he doesn't. <laughs> is it? Uh, is this the right way up, or is it upside down? I've never seen this before. Interesting. Yes, I've come aqu- across it quite recently, and uh, I'd never seen it in my own research before. So I was hoping a, a larger place, more well stocked like this one, might be able to help. Perhaps we could look at uh, religious texts as well. Many of the uh, older books. Yes. Tend to come from religious hands and uh, perhaps something you might find something related to uh, summoning rituals uh, anything of that sort summoning rituals hmm very well I shall set off straight away now uh, he turns to you Richard Um, I'm sorry uh, are you her um, how should you say a manservant he says it in kind of broken English um, and Maggie giggles. <laughs> Richard emits a, a forced chuckle. <laughs> uh, uh, no, um, I am a, a professor and uh, a professor of mathematics. Oh, oh, I beg your pardon, professor. He he reaches out and like smooths your jacket as if to like give you like some sort of respect. Right? I I apologize deeply. I did not I did not know. Oh, that's uh, quite all right. Um. Uh, my uh, my requirements are somewhat more mundane. Um, I'm interested in the history of some of your nobles from around the time of the French Revolution. I'm specifically looking for information on a a, fen- uh, a, 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 a Comte Fenelic. That's that's right, and uh, and his ancestry and uh, and descendants. Uh, that, that that kind of thing. Not my normal field of study, you understand, but. Uh, that's what it is, nonetheless. Very well. Perhaps uh, with the... Li- he motions to Lady Elizabeth. Perhaps with the lady's suggestion, we may need to um, uh, sp- split our work. Um, I can give you directions as to uh, what sections you might look into. Uh, we have... We, we French, we, we love to uh, talk about traditions and family. And uh, if not for the, the monarchy... We would not have the library, but um, but perhaps I can I can uh, point you in the right direction. And uh, you, being a, a professor, of course, you're you're no stranger to the library. Indeed, uh, Maggie, would you care to join us, or me at least? Uh, yes, I I would like that, Richard. Fantastic. Very well. Um, then, uh, Milady, if you if you don't mind, uh, there is a table over here that uh, you may take a moment's rest, and, and I will gather some books. Thank you. You're most helpful. And for, for what you'll pay for it, I'm sure I will be. He leads you to the table. And so now what I'd like is Richard and Maggie to make me library use rolls. And because uh, you have gained an assistant, Lady Elizabeth, um, you can either do the research in the library rolls yourself, or you can have your library research assistant make a roll. 
Um, I mean, my library use is 75. So you would be at disadvantage in this library as it is uh, uh, not necessarily one that you know well, nor is it necessarily numbered how you expect. Well, if he know he he definitely knows the library far better than I do, so he can make the rolls. He, well, he's going to get to make one roll. <laughs> oh no! Yep, he gets to make one. Well, that's a seven. So we'll just we'll just leave that seven over there. Wow. We'll we'll deal with that in a second. So Maggie and Richard, um, you are off to hunt through another library, hopefully not to find dead bodies. Yes. <laughs> so you begin to look into noble people in the uh, period of the revolution. So why don't you give me a library use roll? And then Maggie, if you're going to assist Richard, um, mm-hmm. you could do that as well. Okay. And if you choose to do that, you will give Richard advantage on the roll. But I want you to make a library use roll and pass to be able to give him that advantage. Okay. I had 73 against 50, so I did not pass. She's helping Richard. She swears. <laughs> I swear I know a little bit of French. Okay, so Richard, you can make the roll. You're at disadvantage, given the library you're in. Uh, and okay. uh, and go from there. Oh, that's a fail. Okay. You can see Richard getting a bit flappy. He's... Oh, oh, all this French, it's... Well, not English. It is a troublesome language at times. Yes. Oh, why they don't have a more logical system of organization I'll, I think this is awful I mean how can you be expected to find anything in uh, in a library of this size organized like this I, I ask you uh, perhaps we could find someone to assist us with finding the right records yes yeah, that's a good idea maybe, maybe somebody um, well uh, uh, yes yes maybe there's an assistant that's a, that's a good idea he's quite Richard. flustered and irritated <laughs> Richard are you going to go hunt down an assistant uh, definitely okay yeah, you find a uh, another assistant. His name is Michel, and uh, he's a wiry and, well, quite frankly, a little on the small side boy. He's probably no more than 15 to 16 years old. Um, he's probably got uh, scuffed up shoes and uh, maybe not the newest of, of clothing on, but uh, he's doing his best to, to hold his own as far as stacking books and, and putting them away. Um, so Richard will say in his best English, um, uh, ex- excuse me, um, could you, could you give me a hand to, uh, to look, to look for something? The youth drops a book. Like when you say, excuse me, he, he drops one of the books he's carrying and then runs to get it and then puts it back and turns to you. Uh, uh, we, uh, yes, uh, yes, sir. Uh, and Richard starts to speak, uh, more slowly. I'm, I'm looking for... A Comte Fenelic, a a French noble um, from around the time of the French Revolution. He's talking very slowly and loudly, thinking that's going to help um, somebody understand him. <laughs> uh, he walks over closer to you and just nods and then kind of points you back kind of in the direction that you came. Um, and he'll say, um, I'm having a little bit of a, a problem finding anything and Richard will... Um, I'm assuming that we'll have done some sort of currency conversion. We should have some French francs on us by this time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you would have been able to change them out at the hotel for sure. Yeah. So Richard will um, offer some appropriate amount of coinage to him. 
maybe a few francs. Oh, the boy brightens immediately. And um, uh, yeah, he nods. So give you something for your trouble. All right. He he takes it and tucks it in his pocket. And, uh, and then he begins hunting for you. And so the library use rolls here that you're getting are actually four-hour increments of time. Mm-hmm. That's the increment that we're working with uh, at this point. Uh, Lady Elizabeth, uh, your assistant Remy is uh, a, a whir of motion. Uh, he seems to step through the cases uh, with swift and ease. His hands fly over the spines of the books until he pulls out a couple. And he returns to the table with probably three books. He sets them down. There are varying thicknesses in size. They're all written in French. And he says, uh, it may take me some time to get through these, but uh, of the ten that I could think of and, and find and locate, I think these three will be the right place to start. You are truly a marvel. You'll be a professor mm. in no time. No, that that is... Uh, that is not my aim. He opens the first book and begins combing over the pages. That brings you to uh, Paris, just the uh, the library? Uh, doing some research, uh, also doing some traveling, you know, seeing mm-hmm. the sights. Haven't been able to leave home very much, so it's nice to get out and see other cultures, do some research in libraries that aren't my own. We have a very good library in London, you know, but uh, one gets very tired of it after a few years. Oh yes, yes. I, I have seen the uh, the British Library and then the uh, the museum. It is uh, the British have uh, collected many things in it. <laughs> they rather have, yes. It's beautiful things, very interesting things. I was fascinated by the uh, Egyptian items. Have you been to Egypt? Oh no, no, no. Uh, I, I've been working here and trying to get through school. What is it you'd like to do? You don't want, don't wish to be a professor. So, what are your aims? Oh, <laughs> such a, such a question. I plan to go into politics. Oh, politics. Yes, the, the people of uh, Paris are hungry for change. There has been unrest here, labor unrest for years, and uh, it is time, I think, to change that. Well. With your obvious research skills and your interest in just about everything, get based on uh, how quickly you can find books and your interest in the museum in England, I'm sure you'll do a wonderful job. I should hope so. Now, uh, you could, he passes you a book. If you'd like, you could assist me, or uh, you could always come back uh, later today and I can give you a summation of what I found. i give it a try, of course. I'd like to do some of my own research. Okay, so if you want to do some research for yourself, you need to make me a French roll first. Okay. Okay. Uh, 29 under 40. Okay, hey, look, you can read this. <laughs> it's uh, It takes a bit to get to, but and you, you think to yourself, just after reading a couple pages, boy, I'm going to be here for a little while. Um, so we will flash over to uh, Mr. Griffith and uh, Mr. Frazier. And I'd like to know where you two gents are planning on heading today. Well, Mr. Griffith, the ball's in your court, so to speak. We begin. I was thinking, sir, perhaps we... There's like um, 
a market around here, aren't there, where they sell antiques? And I'm sure there's old bookshops around there, too. Used bookshops, people down on their luck, stuff like that. Oh, indeed, I have no doubt, yes. I mean, you have something like that in London, right? Oh, I, uh, yes, of course, yes. Uh, we have uh, we have quite a large market uh, in London. Smithfield Market, that's the chap. Uh, and indeed, yes, we have we have many um, antiquarian booksellers and, and the like. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll find something something of that ilk here. I mean, I'm figuring that's where we go look, don't you? Yes, let's do that. Let's let's start there, shall we, and see where it leads us. So I'm, I mean, I'm uh, I'm kind of hoping that we will we will have some sort of a, maybe we can get some sort of a tourist map of uh, of Paris. Um, oh, easily. The uh... Hotel Bristol is more than happy to provide you with uh, several places that they recommend for uh, shopping and and sightseeing. I'll speak to them as well, and I'll, I'll try out my rather rusty French when I'm when I'm talking to the to the person at the uh, at the reception desk there and say, "Ah, uh, uh, bonjour, uh, nous cherchons uh, un magasin du livre, oui, uh, oh, oui, oui, oui. livre." They pull out a piece of paper which seems to have some sort of uh, map on it that's uh, that's been drawn. It doesn't look like a professionally made one per se. It wasn't like from a print house, uh, but they do seem to have uh, copies of something. And then she places it on the table, uh, the the counter in front of you, and then points to a few things. And she says, uh, "Your your French is not bad, but this may be easier." <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> we have many markets here uh, but what i would suggest uh depending upon what you and your what you're looking for specifically is down to the gardens here she points down to the the map where the uh there is a uh, garden that seems to run which is just north of the louvre and she says if you see here there is a market tent all along here she kind of points from the north point of the garden all the way south towards the Arc de Triomphe, uh, the, car- the carousel of it. If you walk from the north end of this garden to the south, towards the Louvre, you will run into several of these uh, small-time shops and uh, and marketeers. You may find something there that you're looking for. I think that will fit the bill very nicely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Merci. Merci. Uh, yes. appreciate it. Merci beaucoup, ma'am. She uh, she blushes and and gives you a, a smile. Yes, uh, thank you for uh, coming back. She says to you, Mister Griffith. My pleasure, mate. And uh, yes, there's a, there's a a moment, a little flash of the eyes from Mister um, Fraser, a slight moment of a puzzled look, which then disappears. All right, so you gents are going to run off and go shopping of sorts. So um, the area that she points out, which isn't really too far from the hotel, it's quite the walk, too. Uh, It's easy to forget how, during the day, how, quite frankly, how how beautiful downtown Paris is. I think we'll probably take a stroll down the Champs-Élysées as well, seeing as it is kind of on the way. It's on the way. That would be fine. You might as well. I'm going to assume Mr. Fraser is not wearing his manservant clothes. This is correct? I think not. I think um, 
given given the circumstances. I think he may, he may have been wearing them uh, first thing in the morning, but uh, once once it was kind of arranged that he was going to be going off on a little jaunt with Mister Griffith, he will have changed into um, some less less formal attire, so a nice tweed suit perhaps. Hmm. Um, the Champs Elysees is beautiful this time of year. Uh, it's really hard to, for it not to be beautiful, for that matter. Oh, Mister Griffith. I love Paris in the springtime, don't you? It's different from when I saw it last, but it is a pretty city. Lots of sculpture, kind of like New York. We don't have this where I'm from. I have never been across the pond, uh, I have to say. Simon, the Champs-Élysées would remind you likely, at least a bit, of uh, Central Park in the sense of the wide boulevards and like the the trees and whatnot. Um, but this is something totally different. This is, it's on a different level. I would have seen this before though, if yeah, nothing else. Sure. But you're just cordially thinking about it because it, the last thing you saw that was this nice. Uh, and really Mr. Frazier, you're, you're drinking it in. You can hear subtle uh, music being played by uh, one in some apartment nearby. Uh, you see a couple of painters have set up. And they're working their art. I wish we were here under slightly different circumstances. Well, if if we make it through all this, can't we take the Orient Express back home at a more leisurely pace? Hmm. Why? Why? Well, yes, yes, indeed. That's not a bad idea at all. If indeed uh, the, uh, the mission that we've set out on proves successful. If we save the world, we get to enjoy ourselves a little, don't we? <laughs> I hardly think we're doing anything quite as dramatic as saving the world, Mr. Griffith, but... Uh, well, aye, aye. If we do prevail, then uh, a wee holiday might might be in order. Or a vacation, I believe, as, uh, as you cry it, uh, on the other side of, of the Atlantic. Both work. I understood <laughs> what you said about a holiday. What specifically are you looking for, Mr. Griffith? What kind of shop? I'm looking for uh, used bookstores, particularly. Mm -hmm. But I'm also willing to go into an odds and ends store, if nothing else, to find where I can find some of these antiquarian bookshops. Uh, I'm not looking for high-end stuff. I mean, not like specialists in New York, where they're buying and selling books to the rich. I'm looking for more where the artists, the writers, and so on would sell their books when they're broke that kind of thing so you make your way south uh, along the river and you end up getting directed across the sun uh, and then you find yourself tucked into a relatively small alleyway which is just off the sun uh, you see there's a cafe there on the corner and then you see just beyond the cafe that there is uh, a, a bookstore and it seems to be on the second floor because the, uh, the the tiny double door that leads to it basically opens to a stairway. What do you think? I think this is as good a place to start as any, and afterwards we can grab ourselves a coffee. Ah, yes, that sounds delightful. Let's do that. Oh, and I must uh, I must investigate what is uh, what is on at the opera tonight as well. Let's see if I can find a, a, a flyer or a brochure or something. You're going to need a wingman for this, sir? Well, let's play it by ear, shall we? All right. The bookstore itself is cluttered. Books all the way up to the ceiling. It doesn't appear to be super well organized. 
Uh, there's a few cats in here. And there is a uh, older woman in a, in a house coat who is uh, working on checking books in, kind of organizing some of the things around the counter. She welcomes you into the store. Parlez-vous anglais, madame? Je parle français un peu. Looks at you, Frazier. Like, what did he say? Um, uh, bonjour, madame. Uh, nous voudrons uh, des livres d'art. Uh, Parlez-vous anglais? Yeah, oui. Uh, a, a, a bit, she says in English. Oh. Ah. Uh, Ma'am, um, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, we are looking for books on art and the occult. She looks a little concerned when Weird you say stuff. occult. Weird stuff, ma'am. She re reaches up a older you know, hand and kind of extends a finger towards the corner of the bookstore. It almost seems to look a different way when she does so. Uh, also, ma'am, could I ask you a question? We've, 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 got, we've got something with... Uh, locks on it that look like this and I show her the paper do you know anyone who could open these kinds of locks or where we could get keys like this mm, she shakes her head no alright ma'am no. I appreciate it thank you Mr. Fraser let's go look in the back and see what weird books they got my let's do that uh, you dodge a cat to get there there seems to be a number of cats in here <laughs> uh, and uh, the shelf that you kind of get directed to is short, squat, and uh, there's maybe only three or four books on it. Some of them are religious text. They're all in French, uh, save for one, which is in German. Okay. What is it? A book on folklore. Can, can you read this? I don't... I, I... Only German I know is surrender, fuckers. <laughs> really so. Language. No. Um, well, I have a smattering, so let's have a wee look. Would you like me to make a German roll? I would. Else? Okay. And I really do only have a smattering of German. It's going to take a, a pretty good roll for me to succeed at this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh yes, this is this is uh, uh, this is perfectly here uh, straightforward. This uh, I rolled a zero three out of twelve. So it appears that it is a it, the name of it is the the Esoteric Codex of German Folklore. Uh, so the cover is green, but there's just basically a simple silver lettering on it, uh, and just reading over. Uh, what the first couple pages, it seems to be just a list of German folklore stories, um, but it's definitely in the original German. So it's not translated at all. And uh, the paper seems fairly old. This is probably, well, probably dates back a hundred or two years. This is certainly, uh, certainly a, oh, an old German book of folk tales. I'm, not entirely uh, sure if it contains anything relevant, but uh, uh, certainly uh, I have to say, uh, 
Lady Elizabeth might be uh, interested in it, if nothing else. I, I agree with you. I think this is definitely something we should, if nothing else, I agree. Lady E is, is definitely uh, would be interested, as well as the professor and his weirdness. I'm sure he speaks German because, you know, all mathematicians are German. What are these French books? Are there any good here? Let's have a wee look. Um, so just, um, so yeah, give me a French roll for those of you who are looking at the French books. No, that's a bit over my French. That's 40 over 23. I rolled a 60 over 10, so that's not it. But can I try and sound it out? Is there any common words? Do I, I'm just trying to puzzle out the titles. Are you trying yeah. to push the roll? Yes, I will push the roll to try and puzzle out the titles. Go for it. Push the roll. <laughs> That's a 94 over 10. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's a menu. <laughs> well, at least it's not a 96 over 10. <laughs> you, you seize upon the book, Giles. This is clearly the book that you need. And this is um, has something to do with... Uh, ancient spellcrafting uh, this is what this must mean you're sh- sorely convinced of it and unfortunately for you Mr. Fraser, is that you, you can't disagree with him <laughs> because right. it's much easier to say oh yeah uh, he must know exactly what it says I'm not going to try and push it because I'll probably tear the book in half I'm mistaken <laughs> I, I, I think we need to get both of these sir. alright well let's do that then yes that seems like the best and, course and, of action and then we'll head on to the next door you go to the counter and the uh, older woman gives you the price for the book. Uh, so just for we're clear, right? Uh, Frank denominations are from five to 500 and uh, 100 uh, centi- was it? Is it centimeters? Centimes. Centimes make up one franc. Uh, so it's basically 12, 72 francs to one British pound. And so uh, you have to fork over quite a few francs uh, to, uh, to get well, these books. I'll haggle a wee bit because uh, I know the shopkeepers like a wee bit of a haggle. Sure. Mm. Sure. Just out of courtesy. Sure. Um, So why don't you give me a um, persuade roll and I will oppose you with a persuade roll and we'll we'll do a little bit of dice haggling. Righty. Um, That's my persuade now. (laughs) I'd probably be paying more than she was asking in the first place. (laughs) Let's see. I have a persuade of a base ten, so. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. So what? Do, do I have any social skills at all? <laughs> do, you, do you want me to take care of this, sir? <laughs> With my broken French and my higher persuade. <laughs> um, well, I could try to intimidate her, but maybe that maybe that's not appropriate in this particular situation. <laughs> you listen here. <laughs> I don't know. Can we? Can, can uh, one of us aid the other in the in, in the persuade? Well, I, I'd like you to make the roll first, and then we'll see. Of course, how, how things go. The, I will make the roll. Yes. See, it's positive thinking. Make the roll. That's forty-six out of ten. <laughs> okay, so here's what's great. Um, so the two of you go uh, go back and forth about these books, kind of like a two dogs fighting over the same piece of meat. She keeps asking for more, and you keep saying no, no, less. that's not the way haggling goes (laughs) (laughs) the two of you kind of confound each other linguistically and you settle on a price that's likely about what the books are normally asked for because you both have horrendously failed at at persuading each other 
but we have great fun attempting to haggle. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's in a wonderful mood. Uh, you haven't made her mad. Which is probably good. We, we so, may be uh, your only uh, uh, customers of the day. <laughs> could be. Could be. All right, then. Uh, the two of you have your books, and uh, and you are going to move on to the next shop. Uh, and I think... But first mm-hmm. coffee. Uh, first coffee, indeed. Yes. It's a, it's a rule of life. We're, we're a pro coffee show and probably a pro tea show for some of the folks here, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, when, in, when in France. Well, when, when in Paris, it was the Parisiens. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to close the, the episode there. I hope all of you have had a wonderful time and our uh, first day trip around Paris. I apologize for any mispronunciations I may have made or inflections in vocal that have offended any of our Parisian listeners, but just know that... Um, I have never been to France and I don't speak French and I'm just doing the best I can. So uh, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day or night. And thank you to our patron supporters uh, who make the show possible. We will see you next episode. <laughs>